Take out your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 16 in your Bibles tonight. Good evening, Miss Naira. Proverbs chapter 16. I'm going to preach on something tonight that we all know is dangerous, something that's wrong, but something that we still tend to fall into many a times. I'm going to be preaching on the pitfalls of pride. Proverbs chapter 16, verse number 18, very popular verse in your Bible. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Father, we love you. We thank you for his day. Lord, I thank you for bringing us to church this evening. Now, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, forgive me of sin, cleanse me of sin, Father. Uh, purify my heart, Lord, and help me as I preach this message. Give me the words to say, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just speak through me. Uh, fill me with the Holy Spirit, God. Give me the words to say. Lord, help each believer here tonight to, to grow, to fall in love with you to draw closer to you lord and learn about the dangers that we often fall into so many a times with, with pride lord and help us love you father Pray us in your holy and precious name amen so i have been wanting to get into golf uh for several reasons and golf is a sport that i think is fun to play and something I always wanted to get to and when you think of golf, one of the first people that comes to mind, you think maybe Tiger Woods, but you also think of the, the beverage, the great golfer, Arnold Palmer. And Arnold Palmer, Arnold, Arnold Palmer, I don't know why I had messing that up a little bit, <laughs> is known as the, the greatest golfer of all time, arguably. And you can make that case, and I probably have to agree with you, that Arnold Palmer is the best golfer. Now, I heard a story about Arnold Palmer. It says, golfer Arnold Palmer, related, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm having troubles with that, said, it was the final hole of the 1961 Masters Tournament, and I had a one-stroke lead and just and had just hit a very satisfying tee shot. I felt I was in pretty good shape. As I approached my ball, I saw an old friend standing at the edge of the gallery. He, mo he motioned me over, st stuck out his hand, and said, Congratulations. I took his hand and shook it, but as soon as I did, I knew I had just lost my focus. On my next two shots, I hit the ball in the sand trap, then put it over the edge of the green. I missed a putt, and I lost the Masters. You don't forget a mistake like that. You just learn from it and become... Determined that you would never do that again. I haven't in, in the 30 years since. Arnold Palmer got stuck up with pride. And in his pride, he lost a 1961 Masters. Now, he would be okay because he would win many more Masters to come. But oftentimes, that sense of pride overtakes us. And, and hurts us to the fact that we don't accomplish our goals. Pride is a very important subject in your Bibles. The Bible talks about pride a great deal. In fact, it's meant, pride is mentioned 46 times 
in Scripture. The word proud is mentioned 47 times, haughty 15 times in your Bible, and lofty 10 times in your Bible. That's over 100 times that synonyms of pride is in your Bible. The Bible has a lot to talk about, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But we need to be careful of the pitfalls of pride. A pitfall is a trap or a danger. And we know that a haughty spirit, like the Bible says here, goeth before a fall. Just like we just saw in the great golfer. And so there are several things that a proud person will fall into. And my prayer is for tonight that I want to look I want us to look at five things of things that we can fall into when we become prideful. First of all, turn your Bibles over to Isaiah chapter 14. When you think of pride and think of who in the Bible had a lot of pride, it's hard to not think of Satan. Isaiah chapter 14. So the first thing I want us to look at tonight is rebellion towards authority. That is the first thing that comes when we fall into pride is that we have rebellion towards authority. Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12, reads, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend it to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. Verse 14. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. You see a lot of eyes in there. Satan was filled with pride. The reason why Satan got cast out of heaven was because of his pride. And that's how it all began. Turn over to Psalm 10. When we become a prideful people, we oftentimes rebel against authority. That's something we need to be careful of. It's not, it's not uh, discussed with my wife the other day, it's not wrong to question authority. I think that's okay. You shouldn't just, like I said to my wife, and like I say sometimes in Sunday school, if I'm preaching tonight, everything I'm saying should be backed up with the Bible. Don't take my word for it just because I said so. What I say should have back should be backed up with the word of God in your hands. You have the right to question me to make sure that I'm staying on track with the Bible. Psalms chapter 10 verse number 4 says, "The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts." So the wicked through his pride, is not going to seek after God. What is that? That's rebellion. God is the ultimate authority. What do we see in today's day and age? Is a lot of disrespect towards authority. I was talking to my father this afternoon about umpires, referees, and what what do they make mistakes? Absolutely, they make mistakes. They make mistakes every game. But they are still the authority in the game. They still call the rules. 
And so you need to have some level of respect towards authority. And oftentimes is that as a coach, and if you disrespect the umpire or the referee, well, you know what happens is that your team follows suits. And then they believe they themselves can disrespect authority. If someone's always watching us and someone's always looking at us to make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to do because we're the person that they follow. It's a very important thing to, to have respect towards authority. But when you're a prideful person and you know when you're pride and when you're puffed up with pride, no one can tell you what to do because you're just puffed up in pride and who knows it better than you do? Who can do it better than you can? And who's to tell you what to do? Because you just know it all. I know about you, but I can't stand those type of people. The people that can't listen to authority. I believe a lot of our problems that we would have today would be solved if we had a better respect towards authority. Turn over to Romans chapter 1. I want us to look at a few verses there. Romans chapter 1. today's day and age we see a lot of disrespect towards authority the bible tells us right here exactly why romans chapter 1 verse 19 says because that which may be known of god is manifest in them for god has shewed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and godhead so that they are without excuse verse 21 because that when they knew god they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their, uh, in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts was darkened. Look at verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Look, jump down to verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Jump down again now to verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, um, Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. That describes a, a lot of what today's generation is. Right. We have a generation, a time here in 2023 where we know a lot of stuff. We have an infinite amount of knowledge that we can get from this device that we all carry every single day. There's not something that we just can't search up in an instant of a time. But yeah, with all that knowledge that we, we can't become so puffed up and say, why do I need God? You know, I can I, I profess, we profess ourselves to become wise. And the Bible says the moment we do that, we become fools. That's a strong word to use is fool. The Bible says to call no man a fool. But the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And that person is a person who's filled with pride. It's the person who could take the Bible and have disrespect or not listen to what the Word of God has to say. And if you're sitting here tonight and you have trouble listening and obeying the Word of God, then you fall under the, the category of being a, being a rebel towards authority. We need to have 
the ultimate amount of respect towards the word of God in our life. Secondly, we see a rejection of accountability. Pride prevents a person from saying, I'm wrong or I'm sorry. Pride causes a person to make excuses. And pride causes a person to defend their sin. Those are some pretty heavy stuff. Pride prevents a person from saying, I'm sorry. Did you, do you know somebody who has never said, I'm sorry? Or at least can never apologize first. I know a lot of people who just can't say, I'm sorry. Or who are never wrong. I work with so many guys, and I'm blessed that they're never wrong. I'm the only person who's wrong. I don't know. I've just got, God put me in that place that no one's ever wrong. And it just seems to be the case that, or if they do something wrong, suddenly it's my fault because I'm the kid. But that's, I digress. (laughs) But some people have a very difficult time of saying, I'm wrong. You tell them to do something and they don't do it. And what, what do we say? Well, I told you so. Pride causes us to make excuses for our sin. To defend our sin, even. To say, you know what, well, I sinned because of A, B, and C. And so really, no, 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 that's, that comes down to pride. It all comes down to pride. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 in your Bibles. Let's look what Paul has to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Church, if you know the church of Corinth, some pretty serious issues happened at this church. So much so that Paul had to write two letters to them. And pretty lengthy letters compared to the ones that... He's, he's written. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse, um, verse number 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 2 says, It is reported commonly, that's, that's very um, disturbing, commonly, that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so, so much as named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that ye had done this deed, might be taken away from among you. This is a church that did not care about their sin much at all. In fact, the sin was happening openly, and the church did nothing to correct it. That's why Paul writes this letter when it comes down to the Lord's Supper. Paul had to correct them, and Paul had to do a lot of correcting with this church. But there was fornication happening at this church, and this church was known for what was happening, the sins and the, the disgusting things that would take on this church. And the fact that Paul would say it is reported commonly about you guys that you're doing this that you're doing these sins. But the prob the problem is that verse two says you're puffed up and not rather mourned. And you know what? Sometimes we reject accountability. We know we've sinned, we've know we've done wrong, but you know what? We don't want to have accountability of our sin. We just kind of want to let it go by. And we don't mourn sin. Sin separates us from God. It breaks fellowship with God. Sin is a very serious thing. And we need to have accountability with our brother or with our sisters. And also have accountability ourselves to God and not be puffed up. Why do I need to ask God for my forgiveness? You know, uh, I'm just, that's the mentality of being puffed up. We need to be somebody who is not only teachable, but somebody who can also be corrected when we are wrong. Be somebody who can be corrected. 
We need to accept responsibility for our sin. Each and every one of us here in this church tonight cannot say that we have not sinned. Every single one of us has sinned. There is great heroes in your Bible that we adore, that we look at, that we look up to, people that we want to mimic our life after, that have done some great sins. And I think when you think of people who have done great sins in the Bible, but then accepted responsibility of their sin, I cannot help but think of David, right? And you think of Psalm 51, that's all about him taking accountability, taking responsibility for his sin and his actions. That's what Psalm 51 is all about, is him going to God in prayer and asking for forgiveness. But we need to not be somebody who cannot be corrected and not be somebody who rejects accountability because sin is a very serious thing. And we need to take action for our sin. And so the first two things is the pitfalls of pride is that we'll have rebellion towards authority and then we'll have we'll reject accountability. Thirdly, oftentimes what comes with pride and the pitfalls of pride is that when somebody does correct us, then we respond with an argument. Go over to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. This happens often. Somebody gets corrected. They don't take ownership. And they, and they respond with an argument. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. The Bible says, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. When you correct a proudful person, it comes confrontation, does it not? It's who are you to tell me what to do? Or you correct somebody, why, why, but how, how? And it, 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 you kind of you, you automatically get into that argument mode because a person is filled with pride and they cannot be corrected. Turn over to First Timothy, chapter six. First Timothy, chapter six. We need to be somebody who can take advice and to take counsel from somebody and not come back at that person with an argument and not come back with that person wanting to debate and to defend ourselves, but take ownership. Be a man. Be a Christian. Be the, be the person God wants you to be. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And verse number 3. says, If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but dotting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil, surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. A person who is pride will not listen. And they think that they, they know everything. And so with that comes an argument. To all, while you're in the New Testament, turn over to, to, to the third John, just a few pa- few pages. Third John. Verse number nine. We read here about a man called Diaphrasus. 
So I wrote unto the church, but Diophrasus, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not. Verse 10. Wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds, which he doeth, priding against with malicious words, and not content therewith, neither does he himself receive the brethren, and forbiddeth him, forbiddeth them that would, and casteth them out of the church. This man, Diophrastus, he could not take instruction from John. John is writing to, this, to the church here. Uh, he's writing to First uh, number one tells us the man's name Gaius. And he's writing here. And verse number nine is noticeably, he doesn't say the church's name. John just says, I wrote unto the church. But then this man ha- loves to have the preeminence. Who is supposed to have the preeminence in Gospel Baptist Church? But Jesus Christ. It's not about myself or anybody else. It's all about Jesus. But according to this man, it's all about me. It was a, it was a me show. It's all about we come to church because we got to hear Diophrasis. And you got to hear what the great lectures of Diophrasis is tonight. And when somebody would try to correct, when John was trying to correct this church and trying to correct Diophrasis, he had no part of it. He wanted nothing to do with it. No one could tell him what to do. And then verse number 10 tells us that he would fight back with malicious words, with words uh, prating against him. And he wasn't able to take correction. In fact, when he, re- when he received correction, what he decided to do was start an argument out of that, start saying all, to- all sorts of evil things. And that's not the testimony that you and I should have. This is such a small letter that, that John wrote here. Only 14 verses, one of the smallest books in the Bible. And we had to dedicate two verses to a man who was causing problems. It says a lot about who this man is and how much of a troublemaker he really was. We don't want to be that person where we cannot take instruction and we have to be like Diophrasus and start saying all types of evil slander. You don't want to be the person that face-to-face you receive instruction then as soon as that person turns their back, we're saying all sorts of all sorts of malicious and evil stuff to that person. But all they tried to do was help us and correct us. We have to be somebody who can be able to take instruction and take accountability and not have to debate and argue and question. Sometimes we just need to listen and obey. Turn over to James. Pitfalls of pride has equals rebellion towards authority, rejection of accountability, responding with an argument, and also resistance from the Almighty. Without a doubt, one of the worst things that can befall a proud person is for God to resist them. I think it's very serious is that we don't we don't want God to resist us. And the Bible clearly states many times in the Word of God that, that God is not going to tolerate pride. When God sees pride, I'm, I'm sure he thinks of Satan. Because that's, that's the first person who was, pride, who was proud. In the Bible, there are dozens of biblical references about the resistance from God, resistance from the Almighty. In, in James chapter 4, verse 6, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. 
God cannot save a, pr- a proudful person from their sin. God looks at somebody who is um, maybe sometimes weak and they're in their lowest time, but God's looking for somebody who's coming to Jesus Christ with an open and a humble heart. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, Likewise, younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Second Samuel twenty two twenty eight says, And the afflicted people thou wilt save, but thine eyes are upon the haughty, that thou mayest bring them down. Psalms 12, verse 3 says, The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that, that speaketh proud things. Psalm 138, 6, Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly, but, he, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 17. These, the, these six things the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. The first thing that God lists in Proverbs 6, verse 17, a proud look. Proverbs fifteen twenty five: The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. Proverbs 16, verse 5, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord, Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. And I could, I could sit here for the next 15 minutes rattling off Bible verses to you about how much God dispe- displeases pride and how much God hates pride. God is a, you, know, you know how far away you are from God depending on how prideful you are. The Bible says that when we draw closer to God, he draws our hand to us. And with that comes a humble heart that's willing to submit to God. But if we want to desire to be far away from God, just be prideful. It's not that difficult. Any of us can be prideful. And pride can come down to the biggest of things or to the smallest of things. But you know when you're prideful based on how you respect authority, how you respect the word of God, how you take instruction, how you take accountability like we've been talking about. And those things say how, how close you are to God. I think all of us would desire to be close to God, but we can't be a prideful person and say, I'm, I want to be close with God. I want to walk hand in hand with God. That, our, that fellowship is not going to work. If we want to have, be close to God, we must get rid of pride. God will not bless you if you are prideful. He does not bless those who are filled with pride. Much more can be said. Lastly, we see ruin from the arrogance. Like we've been talking about in the verses I was telling you, our text is very clear that pride will produce destruction, shame, and reproach. Go to Proverbs 16. You were there in the beginning. It's our main text. Most of us can quote the verse. It says, pride goeth before destruction. Sometimes the lowest places, most of the time, the way to get to the lowest part of our lives is through pride. We, had, we were prideful first and said, you know what, I don't need God, or I can do this on my own. And then what happens in our life? Destruction. Fall happens in our life. We have to examine ourselves before we go through 
some type of tribulation in our life. And before we say, oh, God, just putting me through a trial, before that happens, maybe we need to examine ourselves under a microscope and saying, am I, am I sinning against God? Is there pride in my life right now? Is there something that I need to get rid of? Sometimes we can just kind of excuse trials and say, well, God, just putting me through a trial right now. It's like, well, maybe, did we put ourselves in this situation because of pride? Yeah, it's something we need to examine. Look, turn back a few pages to Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11, verse number 2, says, When pride cometh, so this is, this is what happens when pride comes in our life, then cometh shame. God lifts up those who are humble, and then God casts down those who are prideful. And that's the exact opposite of what the world will teach you today. There's, there's a difference between being prideful and being confident. And being confident, right? I'm confident that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. But for me to stand here tonight and say, well, you know what? I can preach a sermon. I got my Bible. I got my outline. I'm good to go. Now I'm prideful. Now I'm looking at, I'm doing things from a different perspective. I need to examine myself and am I doing what I'm doing for the honor of God, for the glory of God, or am I doing this to lift up Ethan Swaikowski? Who is trying to get, who is having the preeminence in everything I'm doing? Who is going to get the glory? And sometimes giving God the glory is not going to give us the uh, the, the, the acknowledgement that we want or that we desire, but at the end of the day, God is going to be the one that lifts you up, whether that's that job promotion, whether that's that house or that car, whatever you're trying to do to accomplish in life, God's going to provide that, but we need to make sure our lives are glorifying God, not ourselves. Turn over to Proverbs 18. Proverbs is just filled with knowledge and wisdom and it has so much to say about pride. Proverbs 18, verse 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility. I think all of us want to be an honorable person. In order to be honorable, we need to be a humble person. Proverbs 29, verse 23. A man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. God deals harshly with the proud, the lofty, and the haughty. But God's going to lift up those who are not. Those who want to give God the glory. Those who want to put God first. Lastly, we'll end here. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5. We'll end with this last verse. 1 Peter chapter 5 and, and verse number 6. We talked a lot about pride and the dangers of pride and what pride, what's the conclusion of pride and what are, what are the results. So what is the opposite of pride? It's humility. This is what the Bible has to say. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse number 6. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you Notice this, in due time. 
that's what we have a difficult time waiting upon is that due time. That time where God is going to lift us up. We want it right now. I want it right now. I want, I want to be lifted up right now. I want to be acknowledged. I want to have all that my heart desires right now. And God's good timing, if I stay humble to the Lord, if I stay focused on God, he is going to be the one that lifts me up and the one that helps me and helps you. And, and that's how our church can grow is not by our great programs or what we're trying to do and our giveaways. And, no, no, our church is going to grow if we stay humble and seek the Lord. But the moment that we start having pride in our church, that's when our church falls. And that's how church splits happen all the time as a prideful church and a prideful people or a prideful pastor. So we need to make sure that we're staying humble to the Lord and seeking to walk closer to God every single day. I think that all of us here tonight could think of times in our life where we felt overconfident about ourselves and then we did something embarrassing. Whether that was we spilled the drink on the table and our Coca-Cola got all over the table or it was we fell in front of in front of many people, or it was saying something goofy and then something happens to us that embarrasses us, and we we see that stuff happen in our lives. But in a very serious sense, we can become overconfident in our lives too much and and depend upon God less and less, and that's a level of comfortability that we don't want to get to. We always want to draw close to God, and we always want to be comfortable with our Lord, but we don't want to be comfortable with ourselves, because that's, that's when pride happens. The moment that we say we got this is the moment that we don't have it anymore. That's the moment that we fall, and, and bad things happen to us because we fell into pride. We want God to uphold us. We want All of us want God's blessings in our life, and all of us got, want God to help us, and God to, to help our families, and we all want to see God's blessings upon our life, but the moment they say, you know, I don't need to go to church anymore, or I don't need to give anymore, I don't even, I don't even need to read my Bible anymore because my financial situation is this way, or I've become too busy with this and that, that's the moment that we're going to fall. That's the moment where our lives get wrecked. And what happens? God has to do something to us to get us back to God. And God has a way of humbling his children, does he not? God always chastens his children. And sometimes we'll come right back to God. We'll, like, we'll spring right back to church. We'll spring right back to the things of God. Or sometimes we, we fall down in our face for a good amount of time. But don't let that moment get in your life where pride happens. And this, is hum- this is important that we learn to be a humble person. Mm-hmm. And it's not walking around with a, with a name badge saying, I'm humble. I, I'm Ethan. I'm a humble guy. It's just saying, you know what, I'm just trusting God each and every day. I don't know what lies tomorrow. I don't know what a day may bring forth, right? That's what the Bible says. But I'm just trusting God. I'm just going to live for God day by day. I'm going to plan for the future, but I'm not going to trust my plans. I'm trusting God's plans. And I'm going to put my life in the hands of God. And God's going to take care of it. And God's going to do what God's going to do because he is God. And so don't fall into the person that falls into one of these pitfalls of pride. Pride equals rebellion towards authority. Rejection of accountability. Pride responds with an argument. Pride equals resistance from the Almighty. And ultimately, 
when we, have, when we are prideful people, we become ruined from our arrogance. Don't be a prideful person. Don't be a diaphrasis. Be somebody who can take accountability. Be somebody who can humbly follow the Lord. And that's when we'll see God bless our life. God always lifts up those who are humble and casts down those who are prideful. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for his day. Lord, I thank you for church. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that we had to serve you, uh, to sing praises to you, and uh, to have this time of preaching. Lord, I pray that this, this sermon, Lord, I know it's helped me a great deal. And I know, Lord, that you spoke to my heart about this message, Father. And Lord, if anybody here is struggling with pride and struggling to, to not rely on you every day, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just work on our hearts, Lord, to just follow you, draw close to you, and rely on you for all of our needs. Father, we love you. Pray all this in your holy and your precious name.